wish everybody a good morning here at St. James and all of our people listening on the virtual website, Facebook. Uh, first of all, I want to wish all the fathers, especially our church fathers, Happy Father's Day. Right now here amongst us, there's only uh, myself and Kevin and two other church members, uh, but I know there's quite a few out there listening, and thanks to Mott, we still get the Quite a few of the families that are shut-ins get the tapes, or the, not the tapes, but the, uh, they're called discs. Um, as far as announcements concerned, before I start, I think uh, Kevin has a special word of wisdom he'd like to give us. Go ahead. Hey, Steve, thank you. I, again, I don't know about words of, words of wisdom, but hey, I appreciate it. Um, thanks, thanks for everybody listening. Thanks for you all that are here. Uh, it's a blessing to have you with us this morning. We certainly appreciate you being here. Um, so I don't have a whole lot this morning except for kind of a public service announcement, unfortunately. So um, according to the official, uh, the official Facebook page of our, our brothers in Christ down at First Baptist Church, they have had a confirmed case of COVID-19 within, within their church family. So it's certainly unfortunate to hear, uh, but it's also a reminder that it can happen to any one of us at any time. And, and unfortunately, those, those numbers are not going in the right direction that we want them to for the state of South Carolina. So um, so I just want to remind everybody to just please continue to be dil- diligent uh, and, and protecting yourself and, and those around you um, by, by continuing to practice those, those safe, the, the safe social distancing uh, and, of course, wearing your mask when you go out in the public places and washing your hands and all that kind of good stuff. Um, the quicker, uh, I, I guess, I don't want to say the quicker, but the more that we practice those types of things, the, 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 the faster we can potentially get out of this situation. Um, unfortunately, it just doesn't seem like it's going the right direction. So I just want to remind everybody to, to continue to practice those safe practices so we can, um, so we can try, to, try to get through this and get through it together. But... God is in control, and we'll trust that he's going to do what, what needs to be done to, to keep us, to, to, to do the things that, that, that need to be done for his kingdom. So we'll, we'll just continue to, to pray for that. And one of the other things that I wanted to announce this morning is that, um, uh, you know, I just want to continue, continue to encourage everybody to go check out our, our, uh, not our, our Facebook page, too, obviously, but also our website. Uh, getting a lot of good information on there. There's a new section on there called News. Where we're putting a whole lot of information up about the church, uh, the return to church, uh, you know, and, and the guidelines that we have in place for that. Um, so, so encourage you to go out there and read it. And of course, we'll continue to get information out there as we have it. Uh, but also, you can find all these live streams um, that that you're that you're hearing now. It should be live on the page right now. Uh, as well as all the past services that we've had since we've kind of been in quarantine. And we will continue to do these as we go forward, quarantine regardless. So, uh, but, but that's all I got, uh, Steve. Uh, and, and, and let me know when you come back to prayer time, because it looks like we got a prayer request that came through on the Facebook page, and I'll tell you about that when we come to prayer time. But th- thanks, appreciate the time. You're welcome, thanks. Um, of course, check your bulletin for any special announcements. The only big special announcements is to remind everybody— uh, about the luncheon right after church next Sunday to recognize our high school and college graduates. Uh, Luann has the list of people. Um, I think so far she's scheduled about 40. But if we can do 60, 70, 80, uh, the more people we have, the more that will recognize our youth because it won't be long. There'll be 
They won't be sitting here. They'll be in college studying wherever they are. Um, <clears throat> and of course, those people that weren't here last week, we mailed you to the church bulletin along with the, the new guidelines. We hope you got them all in the mail. And besides us, Beth is having her Sunday school class next door. And then the men are having theirs up front in the vestibule. As uh, far as other announcements, uh, don't forget to stop by. We stopped by Tuesday or Thursday to the uh, Crisis Center. Don't forget this month, and really during the months of summer, uh, they need sugar, tea, and Kool-Aid. I'll try to get a copy of their bulletin they put out so we'll know for next week. Family Promise, they're still in limbo right now, but they're still supporting families. Those families are staying wherever they are. Uh, if you're not sure how you can help, any, any type of financial uh, support is needed. Uh, we took some, uh, for example, last week, got some Engel gift cards, took them there and gave them to Naomi, and she'll use those gift cards, give them to the families. They can use them for, uh, got some from Engel, so they can use them for gas, they can use them for food, diapers, things like that. Uh, as far as prayer requests concerned, Kevin, you said you had someone call in a special prayer request. Yeah, I did. It's actually from uh, from Miss Janet Kennedy, uh, and she asked for us to pray for Daddy, which I assume is Mr. Press, uh, Mike, and Dave. So uh, certainly want to lift up with them. Anything's going on with them? Great. Uh, one one point of good news: is old Felix's I shouldn't say Felix, Felix's dog Perky got adopted last week. So Janet sent me a copy of he's sitting on. The, a little, he's got a new little harness, and he looks happy as ever. So, hopefully, he'll settle in with his new adopted family and get more than, get more one-on-one -on -one attention. Other prayer requests. Let's continue to keep Brenda, and Mark and Maggie more in our thoughts. Uh, Carolyn Cook had some surgery this week. Let's keep her in our thoughts. And uh, Pat has some upcoming tests and things she has to uh, be going through. So let's definitely keep Pat in our prayers. Uh, anybody have anything? Anybody else? Okay, if not, <clears throat> let's bow our heads and pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dear Lord, we thank you for our many blessings. Help us to hear the words in today's scripture and help them keep us in our, those words in our minds and our hearts. We know that many times we have sinned against you and our brothers, but we ask for your mercy and forgiveness that we will continue to see that when we are lost, we're lost because we have no direction without you, your love, and your grace. Please be with those who we talked about earlier are sick, especially Ms. Cook, Pat, and Felix. Watch over those who are not able to be with us today, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. On our video screen here today, Kevin will kick it here in a minute. Um, these are our passages for today. We're out of 2 Kings, chapters 22, and really part of 23. Um, you know, as the title of today's lesson is Lost and Found. It could be titled something else when you really read it. It's about how we, basically, we're not doing what the scriptures talk about. But when it talks about lost and found, I was last Friday... I had to come up here to church something, and I couldn't find my keys. You know, it's frustrating when you can't find, especially the church keys. I looked everywhere, and finally I had to sit down and 
give me another cup of coffee and think about it and ask the Lord to give me some guidance. I know the keys are there somewhere. I just need to stop and regroup. Think about it. Let the Spirit lead me. So I drank my coffee. and So I went about calmly re-walking my steps. And the first place I went to had a pair of pants on. I checked those pants earlier. There were no keys in there. Well, I stuck my hand all the way down. There they were. So, you know, I guess it's uh, just the way we have to do things. We, sometimes we go crazy doing, we've lost something and can't find it. So we just need to, at least in my case, I got too many pots in the f- irons or irons in the pot or whatever you want to call it, fire. Uh, you just got to stop and regroup and think, really, what's important? Uh, and that happens in our lives daily. When I, if I don't start the day with Christ in the center of my life, my day's a mess. Uh, you have to stop, regroup, ask the Spirit to lead you, guide you. <clears throat> um, when we take a look at today's readings, uh, really what was lost here was the Scriptures, God's Word, God's written Word. That was the written Scriptures. Now, God clearly states, if you take a look at His Word, it clearly states what we need to do. We just need to read His Word and follow the directions. Uh, you know, God's standards, if you think about it, are absolute. There's no, as I will say later in the end here, King Josiah, he started a revival once he found the Word, which we're studying. Once he realized what they had not done, he realized they need to do some things. They need to completely change. And there was no middle ground in King Josiah's uh, ridding the, the, that part of the world of idolatry. Um, and really, when you read the Scriptures, there's no excuse for us not to follow what's written down. Now, today's Scripture... Uh, there's a lot of big words in it, but I want to start out, and then I want to talk about the background. So let me pick up my scripture here. I guess I need another table over here. I want to read part of what's going on here. We're in Second uh, Kings. Uh, before I do that, though, I had a chart I was going to copy and give to everybody. I was thinking about putting it on the screen, but maybe some copyright. I have a chart in one of my some of my commentaries from uh, Dr. Vernon McGee. And on this chart, it's a chronic, chronological tables of the kings of the divided kingdom. We know that uh, the kingdom got divided. There was Judea and Israel. Well, if you take a look at the chart, there were 20 kings in Judea and 19 kings in Israel. Of the 20 kings in Judea, only eight of them were good. And if you look on the right side of the chart, I'll make a copy for next week. If you look on the right side of the chart, under Israel, there are 19 kings. Not a one of them, according to Dr. Vernon McGee, their characters were bad. They were just bad boys. There's a, there's a point here it was, it's making, when you think about when you read 
Kings 1 and 2 and some of chronology, or uh, uh, what do you call them? Chronicles. Practically all the rulers, practically all of them were evil. Uh, but God was patient in dealing with them. Uh, and it really kind of points out man's inability to rule for God. In other words, man, man, man was doing his own thing. You know, had one foot in, one foot out. But the whole story shows true that many of the wicked kings, many of the wicked kings had godly sons. And also good kings had wicked sons. So I just put that out there for information. I think that's always... Kings, the more, you, the more I read it, the more I wanted to go in depth with some things. And I, I, I put on my chart here, my other chart I'll show in a minute. Uh, I want to start out, I'm going to start out in, um, <clears throat> I'd usually have someone in the audience read this, but since we're on microphone and uh, kind of far away, I'm just going to start out, I'm going to read Second Kings, I'm just going to start out in verses 1 through 2. Kings 22, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adidiah of Bozath. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Now I'm reading from my King James Version, New King James. Uh, I'm going to be going back and forth between my New King's James and our Sunday school lesson, which uses the common. Now, when, you, when I first read this, and when you think about this, this guy was how old? Eight years old. Now, I know Mott's got some grandkids. You got any grandkids that make a good king? I mean, they probably would, but I think of some of my grandkids that are eight years old, and I don't know. We do know that, according to scriptures, that he did what was right. He knew what was right. And how did he know what was right? He had the Spirit of God about him. Plus, he had some, listen, he had some good advisors. Uh, we all know if we don't have some good mentors and good advisors, without good advice, with, with good advisors, Good advisors help keep us straight. My wife is my advisor, one of them, and she definitely keeps me straight. <laughs> and I have other church members that keep me straight. And we see other church members, if they start waving, or we're also advising them. I think that's what God wants us to do. You know, God wants us to love our neighbor. You know, if they need some help, need some guidance, we're giving them some guidance. And we do appreciate your words of wisdom, Kelly. Now, during this time, if, during this time uh, when Josiah became king, if you look on my chart here, uh, there's a couple of bad kings right in front of him, his grandfather and his dad. But during this time, if you, when you're looking, you really have to study king, and I'm not a big I have a hard time studying sometimes. I start studying, next thing you know, an hour and a half later, I'm off someplace else in the Bible that ties it all together, like Chronicles and 
going back and forth to first king. But during, there's some things I want to remind us. Remember last week we talked about the worship of Baal when it was conducted in the temple and that uh, Elijah, you know, he demonstrated the contrast between the false god and the true god with the fire coming down and burning the altar. <clears throat> but during this time, besides Baal being worshipped, there were also uh, a lot of pagan gods being worshipped in the temple. But outside the temple, there was stuff all over the place. Um, there were altars used for child sacrifices. Uh, and we really can't get into it. That would be a whole different subject altogether. But uh, there were a lot of crazy things going on. There were male prostitutes, female prostitutes going on all over the place. And this was acceptable. Now, during this time also, the temple had become kind of a I guess you'd call it in need of repair. It hadn't been taken care of because all these pagan gods coming in. Now, remember that uh, Josiah was only eight years old. Quite a few things were acceptable. And Scripture goes on in verse 3. Now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Saphron, the scribe, now I'm going to stop right here again. Let me stop. Kevin, would you flip? We got a bunch of names coming up here in our Sunday school class. <clears throat> and I've had, I had to stop when I was studying this, reading this. I didn't know who half these people were. <clears throat> so what I, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still having drainings. So what I had to do is make myself a chart. And uh, that, that's just the way I learn things. And these are our characters and I hope you all can see it in the audience. But on the screen here, these are the characters we're going to be talking about. And it's important for me, as we talk about them, make sure we know who they are before we even talk about them. So the first person I have listed here is King uh, Josiah. He's the king. Now, under the king, he has a group of priests and scribes, people that are his advisors, his mentors. And... First one is a guy named Sapin. Uh, he's a scribe. The next one is Helkida. He's his high priest. We'll find about that in a minute. And then there's the son of Sapin. His name is, uh, I'm going to butcher this up, but Akim. And then there's Akabor. He's the son of Michelin. Now, let me stop there. I had to stop and do some research. This uh, Akabor, the son of uh, Micaiah. That's how you pronounce his name, Micaiah. I was trying to figure out, well, who's Micaiah? What's, what's Micaiah have to do with all this? Well, if you go back to First Kings, Micaiah was one of the disciples of, a, I guess you'd call him one of the disciples of Elijah. And in First Kings 22, Micaiah... He prophesied and warned the, uh, the king Ahab about not going to war. You don't need to go to war. Well, and that's what he prophesied. Of course, Ahab went to war and got killed by an arrow. And uh, so his prophecy was fulfilled. So Akabor is uh, the son of uh, Micaiah. 
And then the king had a servant. His name was Asha. So that's that group of five men there that's going to be mentioned in the scripture. I think it's important just to kind of know who they were. They were advisors. They weren't guys off the street. They were people that had uh, good fathers, very wise fathers. So those fathers passed it down. And as we celebrate Father's Day, you think about that. The things that I learned from my father, uh, the things that I learned from his father. Now, I knew my, my real grandfather. I didn't know my great-grandfather because I was little and didn't know anything, didn't remember. But I do remember my dad's dad. I do remember my mom's dad. Uh, and all those good things that they taught me, I'm, I've taught my kids. I've also taught my kids the things not to do that dad did. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what dads do. You teach your kids, don't make the same mistake I did. I made some stupid mistakes. And this is my advice to you with love and care and sometimes with a two-before to get them to understand what you're trying to say. And the last person on here was a prophetess. Her name was uh, Hudaya. I think I pronounced that right. Okay. Now let's go back. <clears throat> and talk about these people and really what's happening. Remember, we're talking about what's lost and found. I got to keep track of my time because when I was uh, taking a look at my lesson, I was up to an hour. So uh, I don't want to cut into John's time today. So I'll try to wrap this up shortly. And I'm going to, I really don't have time to read all the scriptures. We only have about another 10 minutes. So I'm going to kind of condense this a little bit, <clears throat> verses 3 through, um, I guess what I'll do is read 3 through 11, um, or talk about three, two, three, 3 through 10. What happened was, uh, about this time, King Josiah was about 26 years old, roughly, and he was continuing to fix the temple. He sent his secretary, Zaphra, or scribe, excuse me, up to the temple, uh, go up and collect the money and make sure that the money that had been collected at the temple was being used to pay all the workers because they were working hard. They gave it to the supervisors and made sure that everybody was paid their just dues for all the work. Because remember, King Josiah was a good man, making sure if people were working, they got paid. Remember that? Word. They worked and got paid. They got paid for working. That's something my dad always taught me. You know, you work hard, you get paid. You don't work, you don't eat. Now, <clears throat> during that time, what they were doing the work, cleaning the temple and straightening things up and getting rid of stuff, they came across, and depends upon what translation, it was called the book, uh, or it could have been called the, the Book of the Law. In other uh, translations, it's called the scroll. But whatever it was, uh, it, was a, it was a book of laws. Now, some of my research, a little bit that I did, said that these books of the law were actually the first five books of the Bible. Others say it was just Deuteronomy. I haven't the slightest idea. We just know that it was called the Book of the Law. It was probably 
the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the scribe got this, took it up, read it, took it up to the king and said, look what we found. And I'm going to read, if I can get at the right spot, uh, verse 11. Now, as it happened, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes, he ripped his clothes. Now, why did he rip his clothes? Well, he tore his clothes uh, during that time. And when we all hear things, sometimes we want to rip our clothes. But he was, he was in great, I guess you might call it great grief. You know, he grieved when he realized after all these words were read, he re King Josiah realized that he is the nation's leader. He was a leader, leader of the nation of Judea. He was not fulfilling the commandments of the law. And when, he, when it was read to him, he was reminded, and maybe read to for the first time, about the blessings of walking in the covenant with God. But he was also reminded about the curses of worshiping other gods. So Josiah realized that they were not following God's commandments. So he called all his men together, these men I've listed here, called them all together in verses 12 through 14. And he said, well, go, I want you to go. This is what he said uh, in verse 14. So Achaia the priest, uh, Achaim, Echabor, Saffron and Asian went to the prophetess Hudullah. Uh, she was a wife of Saddam, the son of Tevekah. Um, I'm going to skip ahead here. And they spoke to her in verse 15. Then she said to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord. And this is what's happening. Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and all its inhabitants and all the words of the book which the king of Judah have read, because they have forsaken me and burnt incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the words of their hand. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. She was telling them to go back and tell the king, all oh, hell's coming loose, people. <laughs> these are Steve's words. His wrath is going to happen. It's going to happen. Because you didn't do what I told you. So this is going to happen. But she also said what the Lord told her in verse 18. 18, it says, But as for the king of Judea, who sent you to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord of Israel, Concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I'd spoken against the place of inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which will be brought on this place. So they brought word back to the king. God's wrath's going to come on them, but you'll not see it. I'll I'll make sure that you've since died before I bring the wrath. You know, God 
was going to bring his wrath. Uh, but because jo Josiah realized that they'd made a mistake, uh, he was willing to change. And if you read on in uh, chapter 23, Judah, or Josiah starts this revival. They start to really worship the Lord. One of the first things he did is um, he started going through, destroying all the, I'm talking about just not throwing, tearing down, burn up. He completely destroyed uh, all these physical images of paganism. Uh, he tore all the prostitute stuff out of the temple. He got rid of all those uh, um, the prostitute, I'll keep it simple, the prostitute men and the prostitute women. Uh, he got rid of them. Now, how they came to coming back today, I don't know, out here in the real world. But, And I think this is a kind of a parallel what's going on in our world today. He realized that this was an abomination, as Johnny used to say, the abomination. These reforms he set out completely destroyed the images of paganism, and he was setting out to turn the hearts and the minds of the people back to God. Now, I said earlier that he set a revival. This revival, there was no middle ground. He had strong statement on the proper boundaries that had to be kept and the limits of what had to be uh, taken. There were, I just want to repeat that again. There was no middle ground. Whatever Scripture says, really Scripture says is true. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, same way for all the other commandments. They're pretty, pretty simple. Uh, we just make them difficult. I guess I want to close today st stating that that's what Steve has to do in, in today's life. I have to be careful not to have any middle ground. Uh, for us to maintain the, the boundaries that we have, to maintain the lives that we have, uh, we, have to do, we have to do certain things. Uh, I'm glad that we come back to church here. Uh, it was sad that we had to close, uh, but I think that us as church members realize how important it is to gather here together, to worship the Lord together. Um, I know it's been said uh, outside here, you know, you can uh, do certain things, but you can't come to church. Well, we're back in church today. And I think the reason we're back in church today is so we can stand up and protest against the devil. We can say we're not going to put up with what the world's saying. Uh, we're going to actually follow I got my Bible right here. Follow what these words in the Bible say. We're going to follow what the Bible says. Uh, we're going to keep our proper boundaries. We're going to keep our limits. And what's acceptable, we're going to do here in our church and in our personal lives. We just need, I as an individual need to continue to, you know, ask for forgiveness, like I said earlier. Ask for God's mercy. But also stand ground and let people know what, God has done for us. Uh, I think as church members, 
Next week, we're going to do this simple meal to celebrate these high school and college graduates. You know, what has God done in their lives? It's only because of the love of their parents, the love of the church, and really God being involved in all those four individual lives that they were able to get that diploma. You know, and and now that door to the rest of the world is going to be open for them. I know it's a week ahead of the celebration, Kevin, but I think it's, uh, it's really a blessing to see these children grow and the adults grow uh, and the opportunities they have, all because they followed really what God has asked them to do. Uh, many of us, when it, we also when you talk about the lost and found, reminds us all the other scriptures in the New Testament when Jesus talked about the, you know, the lost coin, the, 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 uh, the lost son. If anybody doesn't have anything else, I try not to go too long here today. I'll close with the word of prayer. It's in the back of our uh, Sunday school lesson. Uh, Let us pray. Lord, we worship you as the God who meets us with comfort and peace in life's most trying times. Help us to hold on to your promise so that we might see your grace. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you all to remind you to see at 11 o'clock, Pastor John will be here with our sermon. And hope to see you all next Sunday. Have a blessed week.